to the Off the Rails podcast, a deep dive into dynasty, death, and other degenerate forms of fantasy football. Please welcome your hosts, Ben and James. Off the Rails podcast, talking about what a fucking football on. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Off the Rails podcast, a deep dive into Dynasty, Devi, and other degenerate forms of fantasy football. I am one of your hosts, James, here with my co-host, Ben. Hello, Ben. How are you doing today? James, I'm doing just fine and dandy. I'm, I'm really happy to hear that. Uh, thank you for, for joining today for us to talk about our uh, players that we want to sell this offseason. Um, guys here uh, on our dynasty rosters that we want to try and move in the offseason uh, heading into drafts and uh, heading into next season so um, today we're gonna we're gonna cover ourselves off the top here I do uh, producer Tim has asked me to uh, to mention our social media because he wants to feel like he is not just uh, sending out posts into the ether and uh, and wants everyone to uh, to hopefully be a little bit more engaged. So if everyone could please uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at off the rails FF. Uh, that way uh, we can engage with with you, the listener. Also, this episode is on Thursday, the kickoff of the combine. Uh, we will be covering. Uh, quick hit episodes. Ben and I will both be. Res- uh, bleh. <laughs> what James is trying to say is we're going to do some bonus episodes for the combine. Uh, we're hoping to release one on Thursday evening and one on Friday evening. Thursday, we're going to wrap about wide receivers and tight ends. And then on Friday, we're going to cover the running backs and then get to the quarterbacks as well. So that should be good times. And, you know, we don't really have any kind of preconceived notions of what that's going to look like. It might be quick hitters. It might also be just long, lengthy James and Ben diatribing going off the rails, if you will, about combine-related stuff. So Yeah, we haven't talked about tight ends at all, and I'm, I'm really worried that some of those dudes are going to show out and we're going to spend 45 minutes just riffing on, on tight end athleticism. But, uh, we, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that when, uh, when it actually happens. We will. And then we're going to plan to also do a rookie rankings update uh, at some point as early as possible the following week uh, once we've had a chance to kind of digest all that information and see how it impacts where guys stands, uh, where guys stand according to where we have them right now. Um, So everyone has that to look forward to as well. All right. So should we go ahead and uh, dig into our players to sell? I think so. I'd like to preface things a little bit here you know uh, you had mentioned kind of who these players are uh, you know guys that we are looking to unload off our rosters I uh, you know want to emphasize for me this is as much as anything about at the ADP that they are currently at so you know some of these guys I I'm gonna like a, a lot but you know the price is just too tantalizing at the moment. And so I see, I see that as a pretty good window to move them and maximize your values. And some of that is just uh, kind of playing the probabilities and things like that. But we can kind of get into that on a case-by-case basis uh, once we start talking about these guys. Yeah, and just uh, following up on that, this, just like the buy episode, is based off of the DLF 
February startup ADP. So this is where people are actually taking these players in startup drafts. So Ben, you want to go ahead and uh, lead us off with your first sell? Yeah, I so like my list of guys are going to be guys that are higher in the ranks maybe than yours question mark. I'm not totally sure. There are certainly guys that were higher in the ranks than my buys. And that kind of is I think just part and parcel with the territory. I usually when I'm looking to buy guys, I'm looking to find guys that I think can pop off and I can get some good degree of value on them. And so I'm going to be looking at the guys that have the lower price tags. You know, the sells, my mindset on that is a little bit the opposite. And yeah, I'm looking at the guys that maybe have more value right now, and I'm you know wanting to move them because I, I can see the riches that they will return me. So, you know, my first guy on the list, I, I want to emphasize that I absolutely love this player, but I've got Joe Mixon at 12. Um, uh, as far as the guy himself goes, I mean, dude, I, I, th- I think he's awesome, James, and you know how much I was a fan of Joe Mixon coming out. Yep. Um, and I, dude, I think he's he flashes so, so many good things on tape. Um, and I do honestly believe he's one of the better running backs in the NFL. The problem for me is, uh, you know, the, the upside that I, I think uh, people are expecting from a shift in both, you know, offensive coordinator, head coaching, but also getting in somebody like a Joe Burrow into that offense. That upside is baked into this cost, like a good deal. You know, I mean, we're looking at a guy who finished RB17 last year. I mean, he was RB10 the year before. Um, yep. You know, respectable finishes for sure. But, you know, I, to sit there and assume that he's going to make that leap into, you know, call it the top five or something like that, because really that's what we're saying here when we've got a running back like this in the top 12 of the overall dynasty rankings. I, you know, I think that that's definitely possible with the improvements that the Bengals are, are set to see. Uh, heading into 2020, although it, they may not hit in 2020, it may be more like a 2021 thing before you really see the improvements to the offense. But um, you know how that's going to impact Mixon. I think it will impact him positively. But again, I feel like how positively, I don't really know. I don't know that even if he goes out next year and finishes as like the RB five six or something like that, that he really gets a whole lot higher on this list. And so, you know, for me, that's that's a little bit too much upside baked in. If I had him on my roster, I'd be looking to try and get uh, get the return that a 12 overall player uh, would net you, which would be multiple first and, and most likely high, especially in a draft like this, man, where I feel like you can get running backs that have similar degrees of talent towards the top end of this rookie draft. Yeah, I mean, 12 feels like they're already baking in an expected, I mean, an expected jump for him to go like into the top five next year. That, um, I mean, you know, I am excited for him next year and his production next year because he's in a contract year. And I do love when players are going into that contract year and trying to get that money, uh, maybe, you know, bringing yeah. in, bringing in a real quarterback. But sitting a guy sure, at, too. at 12, that's, um, yeah, that's that. It doesn't feel like he can climb any higher. I love him as much. I mean, you know, I I have a share of him. I I love him as a player. Uh, that he has the full three down skill set, but it is um, it does feel like that's as high as his value can go. That that climbing into even the top half of the the first round uh, that that that's not not going to be possible. And and I'm just thinking, you know, looking at at that range. Uh, there are a lot of other players that that I would like right behind him that uh, that you know present more value to me. 
I agree. And like for me, it's not a matter of like I don't think he could increase in value because I think it's certainly possible. Like my issue with it is I think the probability that that happens is so much lower than the probability that that he maybe maintains about that spot or drops down to just due to a variety of unforeseen circumstances, you know. Yeah, so that um, that hurts a little bit, but uh, you know it. I know. It, it sucks, dude. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna apologize in advance because like I there are guys that I and I don't know whether I would necessarily consider Mixon a James guy. He used to be a Ben guy, except for I didn't land any fucking shares of him when he was a rookie, and so now he is other people's guy. And I know that you have him um, at least some exposure to him. Um, I don't. Uh, and I, I don't think that impacts my my opinion here. I, you know, maybe if I had him, I would be sitting there still wanting to hold. I may still want to hold just because it's like, yeah, man, it's exciting to have a guy that you think has the potential to be a top five running back yep. that year kind of thing. But, uh, you know, depending on the return, yeah, I would definitely I would definitely at least hear out offers. Yeah. And really, man, I mean, I guess, you know, talking more strategy related, I'll hear offers on every player on my roster. Like you can talk to me about it. I agree. Don't in, I mean if you insult me with some offer then I mean, you know, see you later. But otherwise like I I'll take I'll take calls on on pretty much anybody on my roster uh at at, at any given time and you know, you always want to be engaging in those conversations with other owners. Like you want to be having conversations with them that helps you feel out the value that they have around other players. And can always lead to other conversations. You know, maybe you don't get something done for the player that they're targeting at first, but because of the value conversations you've had back and forth, you can you can pivot over to another deal. So, um, I mean, Mixon, I wouldn't necessarily, yeah, I wouldn't say that he's a James guy at this point, but he he's somebody who's, I mean, still twenty three, good good football player, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I can see definitely selling him in this range. Yeah. I mean, dude, he came into the league young, and that helps him like a ton here in this situation. Uh, there's a lot of running backs, I think, coming to this point in their first contract. You know, they could be two years more older than he is, and that makes them a lot less appealing, I think. And so, yeah, to that degree, I, you know, that's if certainly if you're a mixing owner, that's something worth considering. He's still very young, uh, and and like, man, there's no guarantees that he ends up back in the Bengals for better or worse. So. Yeah, and really, like most of these cells that we're we're covering, they're guys that we like as players, and it's just it is like you said, it is just about the value pop proposition where they are, and can you get, uh, you know, what you feel is fair value or more in in having those conversations and moving off of those guys. For sure, for sure. All right, well, why don't you lay one on me? Um, so I actually, my first guy on this list is the person directly behind Joe Mixon, and that is Mike Evans at 13. Ooh. I, uh, another guy, like, I love this player. I love his game. Uh, I love the situation, even in Tampa Bay. Uh, the crazy thing is, like, first, like, I think I like the other wide receiver there in Tampa Bay more than Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I like him. I mean, dude, so so does everybody else, apparently. Godwin is number 10 in the DLF ADP, and Evans is 13. And I got to be honest, man, I was like a little bit surprised to see that. Uh, just like some of it is Evans is, has been such a blue chip prospect, but dude, he's also been like a consistent producer. And, and so I guess this kind of leads me into asking, you've listed some of the positive things about him. What exactly is it uh, about the current situation or the value or whatever that makes you want to get rid of him right now. And do you think Godwin's overvalued also as kind of like an aside question? Yeah. I mean, I think Godwin at 10, that, that might be, 
too high. I think that Godwin, though, like he's a more steady asset. So Evans, especially last year, last his his production has been very up and down. So from a season long per, uh, perspective, he has produced, but a lot of times, like he's laying duds out there for you, and and then you know other weeks he's winning for you, but you're not getting that that production, and that's where like Godwin playing a lot out of the slot. And the, the routes that he's run, they're not all as deep uh, in the way that Mike Evans is. And so, like, Godwin, I like Godwin more. I, I don't, I mean, like, 10, whatever, you're splitting hairs when you're talking, like, back into the first, yeah. early part of the second. But, yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's where he is. That's what his, his value is. And I think that he's going to produce for longer. You know, Godwin's 23 and Mike Evans is 26. Mm-hmm. So, so that's built into this. But really, the thing that's, that's that I'm that I think is just so up in the air right now is who's the quarterback next year? You know, if they bring back Jameis and Jameis is throw, going out there and throwing, you know, going to 30-30 and getting you like, you know, more than 30 touchdowns, more than 30 interceptions, and he's just out there just, you know, doing that fuck it mentality and and chucking the ball up, then, then great. Then, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, Mike Evans is probably going to hold his value there. But, like, what they've I mean, been talking about a lot and the fact that, like, they have a good defense. I think that team is good, and they can't be turning the ball over so much, and they may look for a more game manager than than Jameis or, like, rein him in a little bit, and that's where I think Evans could really take a hit. So Jameis had an insane amount of yards this year. I don't have the exact number in front of me, but I know that he led the league. Do you think some of that is a a – like just, I mean, due to product of Jameis Winston's like whatever lack of reservations of throwing him to in, into pretty much any situation, or or, or is it more, uh, I guess, a product of the Bruce Arians offense? I I guess I will answer this myself and say I think so much of it is well, it's a combination of both, but so much of it is the Arians offense, and uh, I think that you could plug a lot of different quarterbacks into there and achieve somewhat of a similar result. Um, Carson Palmer certainly comes to mind. Uh, you know, but sure. I, I, I do think that Jameis, for fantasy purposes, man, is goddamn gold, like solid bricks of gold. Like if you've got the wide receivers that are on a Bruce Arians, Jameis Winston team, do the interceptions don't count against you, man. And it's like, and he's going to throw for tons of yards, you know, heave it into all kinds of situations and give your wide receivers opportunity. And, yeah. I, you know, that's yeah, no. pretty exciting. And that offense can, can sustain two, two guys. It's mostly about what, Arians has said about Jameis, and I don't think that anybody else brought into that uh, next year is going to be throwing the ball around as much. I mean, Arians, yes, loves to go vertical, like take more deep shots than than most offenses. But I think literally anybody else in that in that offense and in that situation is not throwing for five thousand yards, thirty touchdowns, and thirty interceptions. Like, so Jameis is did. this? Is this a fade for you then on the entire Buccaneers like pass pass catching core? Or is this something where it's like there's something specific about Evans? I mean, because for yeah. me, I could see a scenario where it's like with Jameis and Mike Evans, they've basically I, I don't I can't remember, I think they were rookies at the same time. They came in at the same year. And so it's like they built that bond very early on. He's been his clear number one every year, all the way up until this year. I do. I think that Chris Godwin's a more polished product, has a more diverse skill set, can damage you in more ways. Yep. I think if they brought a new guy in, they're going to be looking to Godwin as the primary target. Exactly. And Mike Evans gets more of a secondary role, high end secondary role, and and like 
I, I and again, I don't have Evans as a sell. I there's so many things about him, man, where it's just like that guy's just going to be good for for fucking years to come, kind of thing. And I, I would go ahead and roll the dice that he's going to continue to be as good as he has been. Um, but yeah, like certainly, man, anytime you're sitting there looking at a situation where it's like, ah, yeah, but that guy's not really in my mind the best receiver on that team anymore. I, it causes you to want to take a step back. And as he's still holding his value here as the 13th overall player, maybe maybe it would be a good time to get out. Yep. So, yeah, and, and just like you said, I think any other quarterback comes in and they're going to be looking for for Godwin more than Evans, uh, you know, still taking some deep shots, but but not in the way that, that Jameis has, where he's just heaving the ball up there and letting Mike Evans go and get it. Uh, and he's, yeah. they're going to be looking for the more po- polished route runner, the guy that's running the routes in the areas, you know, where you can continue to move the ball forward and not just uh, not just chucking it up to Evans running a go route every uh, every other play. So uh, so yeah, so that's that's my feelings on Mike Evans. Uh, again, it's more of what I think I could get with him holding there at thirteen, and uh, and you know still still holding in that that first round turn. Uh, conversation and uh, just the other guys around there there's a lot of them I like more fair enough next guy uh, my next guy that I've got on this list and like this is one that I don't know you and I may have some disagreements on uh, although it's not one of your guys to the best of my knowledge but I have got uh, DJ Moore as a sell he's at 16 overall right now in DLF ADP that's um I'd, I'd like to hear. No, he's 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 not on my list. I uh, would would love to hear kind of kind of what you're what you're thinking uh, around that is. Sure. Um, I mean, dude, he had a, he had a great year. Obviously, uh, you know, he finishes the wide receiver twelve, uh, hundred and thirty five targets, eighty seven catches, eleven seventy five yards, four touchdowns, um, and he did it with mostly not Cam Newton, right? Yeah. All all. Uh backups uh, undrafted Kyle Allen like Cam only played two games and I think and, and was unproductive in both of those games like clearly not yeah. healthy and, and so there's a lot of people that I think are looking at the situation and, and thinking to themselves oh like quarterback uncertainty doesn't really seem to be a major issue here this is a guy that is incredibly young I don't have his age right in front of me but I think he's 23 maybe 22 23 um yeah he's 22 he was fucking electric last year. I mean, he's one of one of those guys uh, that is, you know, a top top end dynamic open field type of player. Uh, athleticism off the charts. So, like, there, dude, there's all kinds of things to like about him. Uh, for me, I'm sitting there and looking at the situation though, and it's like there's a ton of unknowns. And I, you know, if there's one thing that I've learned having having done this. Uh, playing fantasy football like for as many years as we have it's like man dude the unknowns should be scary like they should be scary uh because oftentimes things don't pan out in anywhere near the best case scenario they end up going much more towards the mid case or the worst case scenario and you know just because he was able to achieve these results with you know a couple of different bc level quarterbacks this past year doesn't necessarily mean that if they brought in a better quarterback that quarterback would spread the ball around more or the offensive coordinator that they bring in here or the entire new coaching staff that they bring in here isn't going to change the offensive philosophy and so and so there's lots of different things that could change here uh that could potentially sit there and cause dj moore's numbers to fall uh from where they were this year to where they end up in 2020 uh, and so for me, I, you know, I, it seems, and I, and dude, I get it. I, I think he's a really, really good player and he might be a great player, but right now at 16 overall, uh, that's, that's a lot of value that's wrapped up in him. 
Yeah, I think uh, uncertainty spreading the ball around. So there were two other guys on that team that had over 100 targets this last year. Christian McCaffrey caught over 100 passes in uh, just the crazy fashion that is Christian McCaffrey. And Curtis Samuel also had 105 targets. So, you know, spreading the ball around, uh, you know, we, we, we saw that this last year with with poor quarterback play, with, with guys that that aren't uh, aren't good quarterbacks. So that's something that doesn't scare me. DJ Moore is somebody who has produced at an elite level at, at all levels. Uh, he was a stud in college also. Uh, checks that athleticism box. Um, you know, all, all of these things, like, and was able to power through the adversity at the quarterback position. I think he broke out as a rookie uh, with, with his stats that year. So... Uh, I think 16 is about the range where, you know, I, I, I mean, I think that's where he belongs at this point, honestly. And no, that might, that might be right. I'm like half talking myself out of it as, as I'm listing all the positive things about him um, and his, and whatever the, the, I guess the difficulties he's overcome this year. I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I would, I would, <laughs> I would still at least consider it in, in if tr- I owned him in, entrenched in your take. Yes, always. Yeah, uh, the, well, you know, <laughs> always. I'm, a, I'm open to persuasion, James. I'm always open to persuasion. Yeah, yes, you are. And always, you, again, even if it's like me persuading myself. So always, always listening to offers. Always listening to offers, man. And there, there are, I'm sure, other guys around that range that that uh, that you love also. So, um, sure, man. And every, anytime you're talking about somebody here towards the top, there's like some built-in understanding that it's going to like cost something to pry them out of your hands. And, you know, if you, especially if you can get somebody to overpay for DJ Moore, I'm kind of looking at it as a situation where I would do that. You know, I'm, I think the likelihood that he ends up as a top 12 wide receiver this year is maybe lower than a lot of people think it is. Um, and, and so, you know, for those reasons, if, if he ends up not being a top 12 receiver, I, I think that he, his dynasty value could go down unless something drastically changes for the better for the quarterback situation. But there, but, there, but like I said, there's a ton of unknowns. So fair enough. Uh, well, uh, agree to disagree on, on DJ Moore. Maybe, maybe, maybe we, we both agree and you've, you've talked yourself out of it anyway. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the next guy on my list, uh, and I think he, uh, he was on your list also, is Derrick Henry at, uh, at 17 in the, uh, in the startup ADP. Am I, am I yeah, right? This is the, this, this is the only guy he is on my list. I think this is the only guy that you and I, uh, are actually going to share on the sell list. Um, yeah. So that says something, I it, suppose. It does. Yeah. And uh, I mean, again, another guy that like, I love, I love Derrick Henry. Uh, there has to be a certain point though, where tread on the tires. Like it's crazy with that this guy, like it seems like he only gets stronger and faster the more touches that he gets, which, uh, and that seemed to be the, the case as you know, down the stretch of the season and in, in, in the playoffs when he went on that like historic run, like three straight games over 180 yards or whatever it was. Uh, but uh, he was in a contract year. Guys got to get paid. The efficiency. Where, where is it? Where is he going to get paid? By the way, is he going to stay in Tennessee? Yeah, yeah. They're gonna they're gonna give him Zeke Elliott money. Oh, is that really going to happen? That's going to happen. Man, I feel like that would be a mistake. Oh, it would 100% be a mistake. 
you know how I feel about running backs. Like the moment that guy gets to contract number two, see you later, buddy. Like have Done. have fun. Yeah, have fun. Go, I only go play. Make- I only play rookie running backs and free agent running backs. Yes, yes. No, uh, I like some some of it for me, dude. He's amazing, right? I, he's like uh, a harken back to the old school NFL running back, like you said, where it's like he gets stronger as the game goes on. Like, dude, he punishes defenders. They don't want to tackle him. Nobody wants to tackle that guy. No, they don't. But like he he's he's like. And the upside's incredibly high, obviously, because you've got this enormous human being who also has, like, legitimate breakaway speed. Uh, and so, like, the big touchdowns and stuff are, are, are definitely a thing. Um, yep. But, I, you know, I I am always concerned with running backs in the modern NFL and whatever. That team is barely a modern NFL team in terms of the way that that offense functions. But I'm always worried about running backs that don't catch passes because, I mean, dude, it just detracts away from so much of the floor that a running back can provide you. That is usually one of the things that makes them so appealing. And, you know, he got like some token passing game work. Um, but, I mean, dude, he's clearly not a quote-unquote natural catch, catching footballs. He's going to no. catch the little dump-offs here or there if, if that's how they decide they want to utilize him. But, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's how you utilize a guy like this. Like, you put the football in his hands and you send him forward to, you know, like a bowling ball hitting bowling pins kind of thing. Yep. Um, well, and a lot of this for me is is based around the efficiency of that offense, too. Like you said, like letting him just go straight forward. Do you know they scored in over 90% of red zone attempts when Tannehill took over as quarterback yeah I mean dude that's that's absurd and uh, regression to the mean man just regression well dude he had he had 16 touchdowns man and and, that, and that's a big piece of it for me too is it's like yeah that that is going to regress that's like a guarantee that's going to regress um and even still with with like all of the yards and touchdowns that he had he was still like a you know like a mid you know first like a whatever top mid top 12 maybe maybe somewhere around the six i I can't remember i don't have the number exactly in front of me where he finished last year but it's like seven yeah he finished at seven yeah okay so even with all of that it's like you still get a a seven overall finish it's like man if his touchdowns regress if the yards maybe aren't as easy this next year as they were this year because fuck man teams are going to load load the box and stuff like that they know the way to stop the titans is to stop derrick henry um yep I, you know, I there I, I could just see so many hurdles, and this is this is just ignoring the potential for a general offensive regression. I mean, dude, it's tough when you sit there and you see a guy like Tannehill who sh- struggled so much at times in Miami come over and just look like the fucking quarterback savior for Tennessee, and it's like, is that really who they got here, or did like enough of the right things click at the right time, and it was just like kind of a magical season, and are, are we not going to get that same? that same guy next year and that same offense next year. And I have like a lot of fears that that's what is going to happen. You know, yep. there's a lot of guys on that team that have struggled throughout a, most of their career and just so happened to start getting things going last year. And it's like, ah, maybe that's, maybe that's signs of things that are going to continue. Maybe also it was a fluke season, you know? Yep. I uh, I think, I think that, that you go out there and you see what you can get for Derrick Henry right now. And I think that that's, that's pretty, pretty clear again once these guys get through their rookie contracts man there's not a like a lot of success really on on contract number two we've we've seen that uh for each one of these running backs that have gotten paid i mean we saw it with lev we've seen it with todd Gurley. um even zeke you know seemed to it seemed like took a a downturn this year i guess not really and as, as rb5 but i like 
Yeah, I think now is the time. Derrick Henry's value is as high as it's going to get, in my opinion. I love him as a I, player. I think at least it's, and again, like I'll say this with all these guys, man, they could certainly appreciate in value this year. Maybe he he returns an identical type of season or better. And I, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna write that off as a possibility. I just think the probability that that he ends up actually having a worse season than he had this year is is so much higher than the alternative. And it's like because of that, yeah, man, I I don't know that he gets higher than this. Uh, so yeah, that's, I mean, we're in agreement on, on Derrick Henry and, and it's, yeah. it's, it's funny that he's a player that both of us like, but he, we're both like, we need to sell this guy if you've, if you've got him. Yeah. You and I actually do have him. You and I actually do have him on a team together and we do. That is something I, maybe, maybe we need to take a look at. I, I do think that like, yeah, I mean, I, he's still as good of a bet as any for production this year. Um, yep. I, I could see him getting something somewhat similar to uh, no I can't I like I the touchdown number is the biggest thing for me it's like ah no nah, it's not gonna be easy sledding enough for you to get 16 fucking rushing touchdowns this next year it's just not going to be so yep I agree uh, well I guess that was technically your guy even though I had him on my list so should I go to my next guy please do it's another James guy and it's a guy that I have actually often liked and oftentimes tried to urge you to play during this past season. Uh, but it's Stefan Diggs at 36. And I feel like somewhat bad about it because like I, I really do enjoy the player a lot. Um, but there at this point, I feel like we've kind of seen enough to know what exactly he is and what the real ceiling on that is going to be. And uh, I, I think, you know, if you if you take a look at who he has been for the last four years, this past year, he was wide receiver 20. The year before, he was wide receiver 12. The year before, he was 23. And the year before, he was 24. And it's like, if I had to sit there and say, who do I think Stephon Diggs is? It's like, yeah, man, I think he's that like kind of like wide receiver two type of guy. And you're going to get it in the grossest possible way. I mean, like similar to what I was talking about in the last episode, it'll be like a Brandon Cooks-esque boom bust type of deal where he's going to go out there some days and be like, oh my God, you know, fucking 180 yards and three touchdowns. Why am I not starting this guy every week? And then like he'll rattle off like two fucking one catch, zero catch type of efforts or something like that. And man, it is like, it is, I and you, you know this more than I do because I don't actually own him anywhere, but it is got to be a like just hair pulling uh, type of ordeal it is trying to figure that guy out on a week-to-week basis and like you know maybe maybe some changes will get made to the minnesota offense in the offseason here but i don't necessarily know that there's any major reason to believe that it's going to shift away too much from from what it has been and uh if, if that's the case it's like yeah man that's that's a relatively low upside passing situation you know it just it just is and sure um, i mean i'm looking at the other guys it, around him though and like I don't really like any of those wide receivers more than him. I mean, like right next to him is Cooper Cup, DK Metcalf, I'd ra- I'd Allen, rather have Allen Robinson, Debo. I'd rather, yeah. Where's Debo? He's down at 40, 44. 44. Okay. So that's like, yeah. Sure. Most of a round away. I mean, I would rather have Cooper Cup. Um, I'd probably rather have DK Metcalf, man. Honestly, there's like some real upside there. I'd rather have Allen Robinson. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, it is, it is frustrating his boomer bust. I mean, you know, that's the exact reasoning I, you know, I was talking about with, with Mike Evans that, uh, that's frustrating from, from a week to week perspective with, with Diggs, like uh, starting him. I don't know. 
what that offense looks like. The other thing with Diggs that you've seen is that he like it seems like he's always asking for a trade. And I don't, you know, and that and that may happen and that's the thing honestly I'm holding out for as as a Diggs owner is that I'm hoping that that that, that happens. I don't think that the, yeah, the Vikings what, what, will do that. What if he what if he lands in another place, man, and at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, he doesn't end up getting a much, much different of a target load. I I made the comparison to Brandon Cooks earlier, and you know what, man? He is one year younger, not younger, actually, but been in the league one year fewer than Brandon Cooks. Um, but, like, dude, he has a similar story of inconsistency, but hitting at least that, like, minimum threshold or whatever to be in that wide receiver two range kind of thing. Cooks, honestly, has finished higher than him most years. But you know what, man? Brandon Cooks had one bad year this past year that was a combination of injuries and, and like, you know, lack of on-field performance. And you know where Brandon Cooks is at? And maybe he should have been on the buy list. Although, honestly, I don't think so because he's it's like, yeah, buy. man, you kind of know what he is. It, it's a, it's, he's a limited weapon. But do you, did you notice where he was? Yeah, he was all the way down at 86. It's crazy. 86, it's dude. Not, and it's 86. not crazy. It's not, crazy. It, it's not that it's not that crazy, man. And honestly, like, uh, and you know, maybe you'll disagree with me. Maybe you think Stephon Diggs has substantially more talent than Brandon Cooks. I, th- I think that he is a better player, but like, I don't think it's by any 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 real significant amount. And it's like, yeah, man, if Stephon Diggs goes out or whatever and has a combination of injuries and just bad performance, and he lays a duck in twenty twenty. What is to stop him from just like fucking plummeting down into the eighties? What is to stop that from happening? I mean, I think and so Brandon again, Cooks it's, it's is, a, is a tough example though. I mean, because that guy's been on three different teams, bounced around to different offenses. Like Stephon Diggs has has been in this, and yeah, you're, I mean, I guess you know my scenario is yeah, he's been on three different roster. teams and, ba- and bounced around to different offenses. But like, uh, he's also a guy that has had a thousand yards receiving like literally every year that he has been in the league up until this past year, and that's on three different teams. Yeah. No, I mean, I, so, I, I still really like Stephon Diggs, and I still really believe in his talent. And it seemed like it, it's a Vikings thing because every time this guy gets the football, he he produces with it. And I mean, yeah, last year, I, like I it said, was, he, it was I, I do think he's a better player. Yeah, last year was was frustrating, um, but it seems like he's able to just like figure it out from from a productive, yeah, again, an overall production standpoint. But like. I mean, dude, in 2018, he had 102 receptions for 1,021 yards and nine touchdowns. And this year, it was only 63 receptions for 1,130 yards and six touchdowns. So, like, I think that that shows what this guy's talent is, too. The thing that's frustrating, because, like, he can do it in either way. He can be a guy that's getting those shorter ones, or he can be a guy that is getting those deeper targets. It is frustrating, though, because he's not the number one used wide receiver on that roster. That's Adam Thielen. And that's been proven over the last few years. And even though I think Stephon Diggs is more talented. This past year, the passing game was just a dumpster fire in general. Adam Thielen went from being a highly sought-after fantasy asset, a guy that was like a top-five receiver the past two years, to like dropping off the fucking math, man. I don't even know where he is in these rankings, but it's like nobody wants to pay anything for Adam Thielen at this point. Yeah. No, I mean that's where, that's where, true. Where, where is he in the rankings? I mean, I he know. literally disappeared. Um, uh, sixty, and I mean injuries for him too. Like this, he only played in ten games, and several of those games he was he wasn't playing. Um, like he uh, kept re-injuring stuff. I yeah, Thielen. I'm not not super excited. I don't know. Yes, I can agree that that passing game is is challenging. 
I still really like Diggs. I still believe in his talent. And but again, Did I believe in I believe in his talent. For me, as much as anything, it's like yeah, you're talking about a back of the third round startup valuation. I'd be interested in cashing out and, and taking some better shots. At this point, I, I believe in his talent, but I also realistically know what the upside is. And it's like, if he's not going to get into that wide receiver one conversation or deep into that conversation, um, I, I think that like with the value that a 36 overall player represents, you you can potentially get some picks that you could turn into that. So, Yep, or, or swap him out for another player in that range that you like more. I hear you, man. I really do. Uh, All right, well, give me give me another another guy you got. Yeah, so I'm gonna do this kind of in the same way that I did in the uh, in the buy one, where I'm gonna I'm gonna group a couple of players together. Uh, but okay, it, I like it. Guys on the same team, and uh, it's Keenan Allen at 31 and Austin Eckler at 43. I like it. Um, I like it a lot. I think. There is a lot of uncertainty there. I don't know what they're doing at the quarterback position, but the one thing that we know is that it's not Phyllis anymore. So I don't know what that looks like. We're about to play a quarterback game of musical chairs, and that's all going to like look different with the quarterbacks that are on the move this offseason. I don't know how that's all going to work out. Um, for Keenan Allen, I mean, he had just this relationship with – with Philip Rivers that like that Rivers just trusted to throw the ball at him in those tight windows and and he would get it. And uh you know, I know Keenan hasn't ever really been anybody that you're you're super high on. I've I've always liked him as a player. He's been able to produce over the last few years, but that's been on crazy target loads. I mean, this guy has gotten Every single year, I, I 2017, 159 targets, 102 receptions, 1393 yards, and six touchdowns. Last or 2018, 136 targets, 97 receptions, 1196 yards, six touchdowns. This year, 149 targets, 104 receptions, 1199 yards, six touchdowns. Like, I mean, uh-huh. this is who this guy is, and it is target, yeah, it is target load I mean, dude, based. That's- that's fine. That's who he's been with Philip Rivers. Yes, I, and, exactly. And I don't, I don't know whether or not that necessarily is who he is with whatever it is that they're going forward with. And and I think I that's why you've got you've got him on the list here. And it is like I I don't have him on the list, but honestly, man, I think the like the Chargers, at least questioning the Chargers situation or fading Chargers, is a very very fair thing to do. Eckler's another one of those yeah. guys where it's like he he's got the built-in upside. Uh, into his ranking right now, but there's like, uh, dude, uh, plenty plenty of chances here for them to sign a free agent or to draft somebody or to do whatever. Bring, bring Melvin I, back, like there. I mean, there's there's, yeah. there's a lot of things like Eckler. Like he had just a crazy target load out of the backfield, and that was all. Like this is like, I think this was all like a product of who Philip Rivers is too. Like kind of as as the player, and th- you know this year. I mean, he had 108 targets, and he caught 92 of those. 92 of the 108 targets. Like, I don't just envision any sort of scenario where he's getting that type of workload this year. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fading the Chargers. Uh, both of these guys, like, I don't think Eckler can get any higher than this. I, 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 I would be willing to bet that this is this last year was his most productive fantasy season. 
and I want to get out while I can. I dude, and I think that's pretty reasonable. I watched Eckler, and I thought that he looked good. But also, every time that we've seen Eckler, it's been like in little short bursts, handful of games here, handful of games there. And like he is a guy who's like from a body type perspective, I seriously question what like his 16 game durability would look like. Um, I, you know, it's, it's funny that you didn't mention Mike Williams in this kind of Chargers conversation. And I was like looking to try and see where he was at in the ranks. Some of that for me is he is like so low at this point still. Uh, that it's like, uh, yeah, no, if I, if I had him, I guess, and people are ranking him at 81, yeah. I would continue to hold. Yep. And that's, that's exactly what I did. I would have faded him also, but it was at 81. I think that that's still a, a reasonable one. And, and and there's a chance that again, whoever comes in at quarterback is not doing all these dump downs and these slant routes in the way that, that yeah. Philip has over the last few years and just using Mike Williams as a deep threat that he'll actually get some, some more real work, uh, in, in an so, offense with a different quarterback. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here, but what do you think is the most likely outcome for the quarterback situation for the Chargers for 2020? Are they drafting someone? Are they bringing in a free agent? If they bring in a free agent, who would be the guys you think would have, you know, I, I don't know, the best probability of landing there, but would succeed the most there? I'm, I'm, I'm just curious. I like fleshing out these kind of hypothetical scenarios because uh, it it kind of helps me with yeah man I you know putting putting in place here what what is the most likely that that is so much of what this is right it's like p- trying to play the probabilities right they were bad this year they were bad so they had the sixth overall they, pick you, so they could take yeah. a quarterback and that you and think that, they're going to go Her- Herbert or I mean, do you think they'll get into like the Tua play I've i Herbert will go before Tua I yeah I we you know quarterback evaluations that's that's not for this this podcast that's I mean you and I will we'll, we'll go so many we'll questions go, we'll so go, many we'll, questions we'll go forty five minutes on that look man I uh, don't like I think they probably draft a quarterback sitting there at six I think that they kind of reset this franchise now that that Rivers has left uh, I think that that's what happens uh, if it ends up being like free agency or one of those options I've heard Cam. Going there, which that changes shit. I've heard that, and like honestly, I I would like. I mean, that would definitely be a fade Eckler, and I would probably probably that would still make me fade Keenan Allen because he's just like that's not the type of wide receiver, and that would make me like Mike Eb- or Mike Williams more. Um, and then like Andy Dalton could end up there. Um, it's like a stopgap. You know, I I think the most likely scenario I heard is someone they draft say Tyrod Taylor. Well, he's there. He's the guy. So that's like what? Yeah. They, well, like, I, I keep him. I know there. this, but but it's like I you know I well I don't know I I guess Tyrod's last couple of well he he bombed out pretty badly in Cleveland, uh, but I I always liked him as the starter in Buffalo. I thought he had uh, plenty of interesting things going for him, and certainly if it's a Tyrod Taylor quarterback situation do Keenan Allen is DOA like there's not going to be enough passing volume and like when he does pass he is going to like trend towards the deep guys and like yeah I mean that would be a for me if it if it is Tyrod that would be a huge fade on Keenan Allen and I'm, I might be buying Mike Williams at his current price yep so yeah I think I think both of those guys right now all this uncertainty I'd be looking for people that are willing to pay those prices and move on from them agreed agreed all right. Uh, Who do you have next? Uh, well, you know, on my list, and we briefly talked about it, briefly talked about it. We talked about it a decent amount in the last episode, but I've got Tyler Boyd as one of my cells. Um, and I, 
I, you know, I will kind of just briefly reiterate my points on that, but it, it mostly comes down to the fact that I, I don't believe that he is the long-term solution is like the wide receiver one of that team. I think he has always looked to me as more of a team wide receiver two, not even fantasy wide receiver two necessarily. And he's landed in fantasy wide receiver two numbers oftentimes because he's, he's the last couple of years at least has ended up getting something closer to wide, a wide receiver one target load. But, but you know, most, most of that has been uh, AJ green injury related. And like, I, I think it is infl- inflating in some people's minds would like the what what value this guy actually possesses? I think that that's a team that, as they as they start this rebuilding process, is going to probably be looking to add wide receivers. And like I I think they might be looking to, I mean this because this has been the model right with with like these new quarterbacks in the league. It's like stack the wide receivers around him, put the pieces in place to help this guy succeed. And if that's going to be the case, they're going to need to do a hell of a lot better than Tyler Boyd and John Ross. I, you know, and so it's like, I would not be shocked if they went out there and they spent reasonable draft capital and maybe it's not this year, but like within the next two years on a wide receiver. Yep. And, uh, and I like Tyler Boyd, the player. I think he can be the wide receiver, uh, wide receiver one in that offense. And, uh, and he was, he was a buy for me, uh, at, at his current value. So, uh, listeners can, uh, can reference back to that episode where we, we dug into it pretty deep <laughs> in our, in our back and forth there around, around yeah, Tyler Boyd. Did. So, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, I, and I, and I think that that's pretty fair to say that that'll be a, a relative, uh, like a relatively divisive, uh, situation in, in terms of how analysts are going to see it this year, you know, it very, very much, you know, has a go either way type, type of feeling to it. So. Yep. Uh, do you want to hit one more here, or you want to bounce it back to me? Yeah, I mean, I have got one more here also, um, but I'll bounce it back to you. How many more guys do you have? Let's let's just go there first. I've got one that I, one more that I really want to cover. But do you have two? I do have two. Okay. Uh, well, then do one real quick here. Let me do one, and we'll finish off with you. All right. Um. My next guy is Kenyon Drake at 69. Okay. I uh, do. I'm not going to fight that at all. I think Kenyon Drake was, you know, somebody who benefited from circumstance last year, but I, I feel like who we saw him as in Miami is, is, is more who he is yep. on a, on a year to year basis. I, I just, th- I just think a guy with, with that style of game and body type and stuff like that is not necessarily, uh, you know, built for, for the 16 game season. Uh, yep. And, uh, I don't think that his value is ever going to get any higher. I mean, I would have, as a Kenyon Drake uh, owner, been thrilled, obviously, with the way that that season ended. And I like, just give me, I mean, at, at, at 69, I mean, I can look at pretty much everybody else on the rankings behind him. And like, I would trade Kenyon Drake for any of them straight up or, or draft capital. Uh, you know, he obviously like lit the world on fire for those those few weeks there with with the Cardinals, but like had been a shit show in Miami before that. And Miami for years, for years, for years, and 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 it had been proven like in Miami after the fact that they were like running out like Patrick Laird and stuff, and at least getting some production out of the running back position more than they were getting out of Kenyon Drake. So, and I don't think he's going back to. 
to the Cardinals because they have so much money locked into David Johnson right now, and they have a very good backup in in Chase Edmonds. And so I think wherever he goes, uh, it's it's not going to happen again. And I would just be thrilled to move on with, from Kenyon Drake for uh, for the value that he's at right now. Like, just- so again. I, like the, this Arizona running back situation is a total enigma for me, uh, you know, looking at it compared to other, you know, the rest of the league. And I, I, I did not have a high opinion of Kenyon Drake, uh, uh, pr- prior to this year. I still don't emphasis on the still don't, uh, but you know, he definitely came in there, man, and tore it up. I mean, he put up insane to like high, high end fantasy totals, um, on a relative week in week out basis. Um, and that like, just doesn't really like check out with, with me in terms of like who I feel like that guy is. And, and like, I, it does make me sit there and believe that the Arizona offense is going to be a great place to be in for most fantasy assets. And I yep. think could be a real sweet spot for a fantasy running back. Um, and it does make me question, you know, again, when we're talking David Johnson, Chase Edmonds, who I both think are very talented players, uh, it makes me question why they would have brought Kenyon Drake in if it wasn't for anything other than injury-related reasons. And, uh, you know, if if you've got a healthy David Johnson and Kenyon Drake, I don't think that they bring Kenyon, or I mean, I'm sorry, David Johnson and Chase Edmonds, I don't think they bring Kenyon Drake back. And, I, you know, I, again, it makes me very, very interested in David Johnson, I mean Chase Edmonds also that guy that guy doesn't have any any real value to him right now either. Yep. Um, you know it's it's a, there's a decent likelihood that one of those two guys is going to be leading this backfield next year and it could be a pretty lucrative situation. So I you know those those guys I know this is the sell episode but those guys are both still interesting buys for me. Agree. So give me anything for Kenyon Drake. I don't own him anywhere. I, I agree but with if, that too. If, if I had I, him like literally like uh, dude I. At sixty nine, that's crazy. Like, at, at, at like the hundredth player value, I would be happy to get that for Kenyon Drake at this point. Like, it, that's just too high for me. And Dude, it's- they've got like the the four guys right in front of him: Le'Veon Bell, Darius Geis, Evan Ingram, Zach Ertz. The four the four guys after him: they, uh, Kyler Murray, Henry Ruggs, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson. Wow, fuck it, yeah. Great. I'll take any of those guys. Mar- I'd love to take any. Marquise of those Brown, guys. T- Marquise Brown, T. Higgins, T. Higgins Devontae Parker, TVP. Yeah, like Hooper, fan. I dude, I'm taking any of those guys. Literally anybody other than Nikhil Harry. Well, I'm taking Nikhil Harry also, and I know that that's the last guy that you're going to get to, but I'm taking him also. I can't wait to fight you on that. But first, first, I get I get to give you my last sell candidate, um, and I I would be selling Marlon Mack, who right now has got a 51 overall ADP. Yep. Um, on DLF. I mean, you know, this is a guy who has finished the last two years as the 22 and the 23 ranked running back. And I will give you that he has done it on a uh, much, much better per game basis than what those ranks indicate. And that's because he's only played 11 games the last, both of the last two years. Um, he is a guy who at this point, and I loved coming out. I thought that his college tape from UCF, he looked fucking awesome, man. Yeah. It's just a very slick running back glides across the field man can make guys miss fast and quick i you know he's a very exciting player and and most of that seems to have translated pretty well to the next level but i i also thought with him coming in that he was too small of a player 
and uh, you know that he didn't show enough physicality to to survive the rigors of the the NFL season, and that's been proven out now two years in a row. And I think that that's going to continue to prove itself out. At a certain point, the Colts are going to get um, uncomfortable with that. And I think that certain point could come as early as this year in this draft. And, and yeah. I would not be surprised if they decided that they wanted to bring somebody in. And in order to preserve him and preserve his ability to make big plays, limit his workload, and supplement it with another back, getting him on the football field, somebody that's you know more of a banger-type, short-yardage-type guy can take some of the, the bruising uh, carries and like if that happens, man, and, and he loses the workload that he has had when he's healthy, I you know the upside is just just sucked right out of the room. So I you know for me, I'm sitting there looking at him at 51, and I'm thinking to myself like, fuck, man, I I don't I I don't know that there is a a better time to get out on Marlon Mack than right now. And running behind one of the best offensive lines in the league, like, yeah. like legit. I mean, and- dude, like there's there's so many guys that could come in and do better than he has done potentially. Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, like that's that's not even talking about that scenario where it's like one of one of the running backs from this year's rookie class comes in and just like completely outplays him, and then he just doesn't see the field really at all except for select circumstances. Well, and they've I mean they've taken shots at running backs too. I mean it, after they took him in 2017 and 2018, they took Naheem Hines in the fourth and Jordan. Wilkins in the fifth and you know neither you know whatever different players very much but like they're very clearly like not sold on Marlon Mack as their guy and Dude, they they have been taking shots since Joseph Adai yeah I like and that's a name that like is a kind of a little bit of a throwback for some people but I you know it has been I I don't know I don't know when Adai's last year was it's been probably six years or something like that since they've had consistent running back production so um and that's a team too, man. Where that offense is still in flux. What what is going to happen with that quarterback situation? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's way up in the air. It really is. Are you a Brissett guy? Do you do you believe he is? Because isn't he a free agent this year? No, he's he's there for one more year. They give him a two year deal. Okay. I think okay. he is a startable quarterback, but not like I don't think he's a a good quarterback. I think I think I you know I would be looking to upgrade on him. Person. I mean, I think they will be too. I, we've we've talked about it in some of the previous podcasts, but this year is an insane glut of free agent quarterbacks, and I mean, we'll see. Maybe maybe most of them will sign back with with the the teams that they're currently with. But it, there's a potential for like a huge shakeup this year. And yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a team I think has got to be got to be looking because dude, they, they honestly have built a team that was supposed to be a Super Bowl contender with Andrew Luck, and most of those other pieces are still in place. Uh, with the exception of like, well, yeah, they, they had a lot of injuries this past year, and then you've got Jacoby Brissett is actually your quarterback now, you know? Yep. Yeah, no, we'll 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 see what happens there. I but I, I don't think the Colts are sold on him either. And he's coming into contract time too. Um so I would uh I, yeah. I, I would be looking to get off of him at, at fifty one and and again looking at, at the rank at these this DLF ADP here. Pretty much everyone behind him, I'm like, all right, cool, yeah, trade me for that person. That sounds good. Yeah, I I agree with that. I agree. So we're on the same page with Marlon Mack. Yep, he wasn't on my list, but yeah, he's definitely somebody that that I would be selling. I don't have any shares of him anywhere, so I don't have to, uh, I, to worry. I, I about don't. That. I don't either. <laughs> this is so funny, and I I hope it's not like. Uh, 
shady my judgment i know it's not i mean at the end of the day man it's like i like the guys that i like that's why i have shares of those guys and so yeah i don't have any of like the guys that i would consider quote-unquote ben guys in the sell category that'd be disappointing if i did if josh gordon was worth anything he'd be in the sell category right now but yep. otherwise yeah he's not playing uh, he's not playing football anymore maybe yeah ever. i was saying, otherwise most of the guys that i've i've got like multiple shares of or heavily invested in or have got um their situations looking pretty good right now so yep uh, that does bring me to my last guy, though. Who is a Ben guy? He is. And his name is Enkeel Harry, wide receiver for the Patriots at 79. Um, you know, most of this is, again, just... And we'll see, we'll see what happens. I, I think Brady's coming back. Like, that's not what, like, this is about, really. Um, I think I've heard I've heard it talked about on a lot of uh, on several other podcasts too, but it is difficult to see somebody play as much as he did. And I know he only played in seven games, but in those seven games, he only had twelve receptions for a hundred and five yards and two touchdowns, and that that really scares the shit out of me. Uh, he was somebody, you know, we we both liked going back to the Devi days. Um, I like Inkeel Harry. I like his talent. I don't know like what happened this year. Maybe like New England hasn't been very good historically at like drafting wide receivers or even developing them internally. I just don't think like at 79, probably moving off of him too quickly, but you just don't see historically players produce like that as rookies when when given run and, and the opportunity, like not all injury related. And I would be like, you know, we talked about Mike Williams, like, I would much rather have Mike Williams than Keel Harry. Uh, you know, Chris Carson was another guy on your on your buy. Like most of the people behind Keel Harry, I'm I'm in on. Uh, I don't think that we've seen everything from Keel Harry. I, I think he could be a serviceable NFL wide receiver. I don't think that he'll be a wide receiver one though. And I could honestly, I see the Patriots taking another wide receiver this year, uh, high like day one, day two. And if it's the right guy, then, then that's, that's insane. The, then that's the guy taking over there. You're insane. I mean, you, you're yeah, uh, and like most most of that is like they're not gonna they're not gonna take another wide receiver high. Uh, you know, some some of that is they they they've got a rebuild that is going to be ahead of them here once once they lose Brady and and. A, yeah, no, I I think a rebuild is fair. I you know, or they at the very least need to be looking at addressing some of the more high value positions. Um, I for for me, man, I you know, you mentioned it yourself. He played in how many games this year? Seven. Yeah, and so it's like uh, even if we're talking about those seven games, which several of which I'm sure were, yeah, he was either had the injury and hadn't stopped playing, or was still recovering from the injury, or whatever. Um, but that is a small sample size, and I, it, especially in a notoriously difficult offense, um, I I feel like, and this isn't just you, man. This is most of the fantasy community right now. Everyone is rushing to judgment on Nikhil Harry. This is a guy who many people, most people, I would even say, had as the number one overall player in last yep. year's draft. Uh, and like, I don't know about that's, no, uh, overall, you know, wide receiver one. Wide receiver one overall, but but like I think a lot of people had him as the number one overall player. A lot of people did. Um, I certainly did. Um, and, and, you know, we're talking about a significant fall from grace here. I mean, like at the time, 
he would have been ranking in a startup ADP somewhere around that, you know, mid late second or something like that, third, early third. Yeah, like, and it's like, yeah, now we're talking about him all the way down at 80th, and that's a huge drop. And I, you know, especially considering that there is a known learning curve for for wide receivers in the NFL, and I understand what you're saying when you bring up the examples of of the guys that have had that type of production in their first year and that there hasn't necessarily been translation. But I, you know, I feel like, you know, when you're looking at those trends, you also need to sit there and look at the individual unique situations. And for me, there are plenty of reasons why, you know, when some of this is the new England offense, just in general, it's like to point to me to the guy who came in as a rookie and was successful in the new England offense, period point at at the wide receiver position, point to me, the guy that they have drafted themselves that has come in and been successful at wide receiver. Meaning what that they don't know how to draft wide receivers and therefore Nikhil Harry is a bad wide receiver? No, I mean I'm 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 just asking like, dude, they they've taken other like day two. They were taking several guys in day two over the years and it and it just didn't work out. And no, I mean this isn't a shot because I've liked Nikhil Harry the player. I just it's more again, it's it's just like at seventy nine, I still think that that's value that that I would try to move off of him. If he was down at like a hundred, he would be like a hold for me because I want to see him kind of elevate his his way back up. But like, and this is the thing is for me is it's like I don't know how much a guy that is valued the way that he was in last year's rookie draft can drop further than he has dropped this year, and I I don't know that much of it is being actually based on his talent. I, some of it is like, well, you didn't get the stats, and there was a lot of other rookies that got the stats their rookie year, and it's like, I think that's kind of short-sighted. For me, he this is a relatively good, precipitous drop in value. He uh, looked he looked uh, really? lost. He looked pretty bad out there when he was playing. Okay, oh, that'll be an agree to disagree. I think that there are moments when he looked like, yeah, he didn't quite know or he wasn't quite confident in what he was doing, and again, some of that I'm going to chalk up to the fact that the Patriots have a complex offense. But like, also at the same time, he made some pretty spectacular plays. I mean, he showcased, you know, that he is a playmaker and why the Patriots would have used a first-round draft pick on him in the first place. Not enough people are talking about that, in my opinion. I do think that he is a guy that still has a ton of promise and a ton of upside. If people are going to fade him all the way out to eighty, man, I'm I I you know I didn't put him down as a buy. But like honestly, at, at that spot there, I and you know I think there are some people that like feel strongly enough about it that think he's worth even less than that. I you know I would certainly consider coming in to try and make a purchase in that range. I you know at this point I, th- I think there's enough upside still remaining here. I don't think there's any been anywhere near enough of an opportunity given to him to be making the judgment call that most people seem to be making on him currently. Yeah, man, I I just worry like if he comes out the first couple of games of next year and it looks as bad that when you talk about a precipitous drop, like I think that this could continue to get worse. Like there's, there's a chance that that happens like in either, you know, either, either way, but he's like, and yeah, I think honestly, like at this point, like this is as low as, as you're going to see this guy right now, this off season. Like, I, I, I don't know how much lower it can get. And, you know, if you are an Akeel Harry truther, like, like hold him, but I would definitely be out there trying to get what what I can for them. I mean, in the rankings, he is at. I mean, in dynasty rankings, he's still at forty seven, which that just seems insane to me. Yeah, but like, doesn't doesn't that seem like a crazy disparity in terms of where people are ranking him versus what his ADP is? I mean, yeah, and again, I think, this is I why think for that me, this is why for me, I'm, I'm honestly. 
Now, I'm honestly going to sit there and just go ahead and say it officially. He should be a buy. Because, like, at this point, man, this is fucking crazy to me. I look at Corey Davis, for instance, as an example. Corey Davis didn't go out there and have, like, a stellar rookie year, and his sophomore season was an improvement, but wasn't that much of an improvement. But you know what, man? That guy buoyed his value in Dynasty Leagues, like, all the way up until this past year. Yeah, I, Corey Davis is a bad example, man, because he's another guy. I don't, that I I don't think know why he selling. is. He's a, simil- he's a similar guy who it was like the the, the uh, similar similar build, similar style type of guy. And and yeah, man, was ranked up there as like the wide receiver one or maybe one overall in that type of class and in that class. And yeah, man, I, I think that's a yeah. reasonable enough comparison. But my, my point to this only being, though, that people were so much slower to sit there and give up on a Corey Davis type versus where Nikhil Harry is at right now. And again, playing the probabilities, I'm sitting there looking at this like the probabilities that this guy is successful, I think are much higher right now than what people are are currently valuing him at. I I think, like, again, Corey, Corey Davis is like, that's that's almost like proving the point here. You want to know where Corey Davis is? In this ADP well, now, no, Corey, Corey Davis ended up not being the player that we all thought he was. And, and the thing that really crushed Corey Davis and why his ADP is going to be as bad as you're about to say it is, is that AJ Brown came in there and was able to be successful this year in a way that Corey Davis hadn't been able to do in, in the in the prior several years. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, like, uh, yeah, I mean, Corey, what, what is his ADP? One thirty. Oof, fucking oof, man. I would, and that's the thing. I might buy Corey Davis. That seems like a reasonable enough ADP. I still believe in the talent of that guy. He made some amazing plays for that team this year. Uh, you own both these guys, right? Suck a dick, James. <laughs> just, that is completely irrelevant. <laughs> okay, I just. I'm, t- I'm talking about. I would buy them. I would buy them in other leagues no, where I, I don't own them. No, I, I I know that. I I was I was I was more saying for 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 the starch defense. At, at this point, um, yeah, no, you're trying to throw that out there as like this is a biased opinion, but the reality of it is, man, there was plenty to like about those guys. There still is plenty to like about those guys, and yeah, man, pretty much everybody else has given up on them, and and so I, you know, I think that there is plenty of value to be had going after that type of an individual, and and for me. When you're talking Corey Davis, that one makes so much more sense. We've got a much larger sample at this point to kind of know who that guy is, although I think so much of it could still be laid at the feet of that offense and Marcus Mariota um, when we're talking Corey Davis. But, you know, when, when it comes to Nikhil Harry, man, there has been almost almost nothing in terms of a sample size. And, I, you know, who's going to be the next quarterback? What is that offense going to look like? I, You know, that's a completely different yeah. thing also. Well, that's, and that I, scares you know, the I shit out of me long-term too, man. Like, yeah, Brady, I, Brady's no, probably man, back, are, but, like, are, what, what is happening? We are finally at a point. We are finally at a point where it's like Tom Brady being there is not necessarily a positive for fantasy purposes for most of the pass-catching weapons on that team. Julian Edelman aside, because, like, they're total, you know, mind-meld butt buddies. And it's like, that's going to continue to happen. But Tom Brady's lost a ton of the zip off of his arm at this point. And it's like, yeah, he still has all of the cerebral stuff happening for him, but I, you know, he he is not going to be able to attack you at all of the different levels of the field that he used to be able to as a younger Tom Brady. That hurts somebody like Nikhil Harry. So I, you know, I, I at this point, a new quarterback coming into that situation, I think, could be viewed easily as a positive for Nikhil Harry. Maybe so, but uh, yeah, uh, I I I don't have any Nikhil Harry shares. But uh, I, I would be. That's fine. To, I, I don't think I you're going to get I, anything for him at, at this point. Too. Like I think he's he. I mean, in realistic conversations, he's probably a hold because like I know I just for for me looking at like the value that he has dropped so much. I agree that he has probably a hold. 
but mostly because it's like, yeah, man, the value has dropped in an insane amount. And I, and I understand the argument that like, oh, it could drop even further if he doesn't figure anything out this year. But it's like, I think if he makes an improvement of any kind, his his value could go up. And I, I think that, that that could be relatively easy for him to do. Yeah. I, you know, so... I, I mean, I, oh, again, we'll, I liked we'll, him as a prospect. We can agree to disagree on this one. I liked him as a sure. prospect. I, did, I like I said, I, I didn't. I well, just so didn't think you, he looked great out on the field. So early? I didn't think he looked okay. great, man. Like I, I and, um, and yeah, I just I just worry in New England what that situation is going to be like. Uh, it's it's, I, I mean, Brady clearly didn't trust the kid this year, um, and and yeah, and, and I still do. I honestly like, I think they're going to take a wide receiver day two <laughs> okay and you know i we will agree to disagree on this and uh, that's you know, a brady thing by the way because i think that this whole thing is just him being like hey guys like i'm not the same player i used to be you have to get me weapons now you got to do it i think they i think they tried to bring in a tight end like a hunter henry a guy who might be looking to leave that that like unknown situation in la um, who was a free agent this year, I think the Patriots might try to pay to bring a guy like that in. And like, I think that'd be a smart move for them. You have an Edelman and you add another kind of short range target, like, you know, big body, strong hands like Hunter Henry. I think that would be a good move for them. I would be surprised if they, if they invest in a wide receiver in the first couple of days after spending a first on Nikhil Harry next year. Again, that seems like giving up far too early to me. I feel like everyone's just, giving up far too early, but I don't we'll even, agree I don't, to disagree on I don't one. even know if it's given up, though. Just just an example. Like, they took Sony Michelle two years ago in the first round, and then they followed that up last year by taking Damian Harris in the third round. So that's, like, it You know, it happens with, with the skill position guys, like, that they will that they do kind of follow those up um, sometimes with, with other guys at the position. Okay, fair enough. That's I think that that's it, right? Yeah, We're man. I think that 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 kind of wraps it up. I mean, surely we could go through here and and be higher or lower on any of these guys versus versus the rankings. But I think these are the guys that stood out stood out to us. So great. Uh, well then, uh, thank you everybody for for joining us again. Just want to remind you, please uh, check us out on uh, social media at Off the Rails FF. Uh, Please look out for our upcoming episodes on Friday and Saturday. Uh, it will drop on Friday of us covering wide receivers and tight ends from the combine and uh, running backs and quarterbacks will be covered on Saturday. And thank you everyone for joining us and uh, we'll talk to you soon.